Liz Rao definitely has a quirky sense of humor. She's an author and now a podcast host. But recently, she's undergone a major change in her life. VSG Bariatric Surgery. Now she's on a journey to discover health and happiness. Join her as she navigates this new world. This is Life with Liz. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Life with Liz. All right, y'all, I have got to catch you up on what I've been up to. It has been crazy. Well, maybe really not that crazy, I guess. Um, but, you know, I'll just use that loosely um, because crazy to me and crazy to a normal, um, I don't know, grandma of 16, ch- like, grandchildren um, is probably the same level. So, okay, so not crazy, I guess. It's just been entertaining. I just came back from Savannah. If you follow me on Instagram, you would have seen a lot of wedding posts on my Instagram story over the weekend because I was my cousin's last-minute bridesmaid. So her bridesmaid from Canada couldn't come because Canada still won't open up the border. So about a month, month and a half ago, she asked me if I would fill in, and I was happy to do it. She's one of my closest family members. But I I enjoyed being able to help her make her day whatever she wanted it to be. I also heavily, heavily enjoyed getting to see my family. Shout out to Johnny and Travis, who spent days with us in Savannah, just tutting around and, you know, come what may and say la vie. And it's really my favorite way to travel. And then uh, my cousin... Chris and his wife and their adorable, two out of three of their adorable boys were there as well. And I mean, nothing makes me laugh more than being around my family. So I had a great, great weekend. Savannah, not the place to try to diet. Let's just say that. Everything's pretty much fried. Fried or dipped in butter because butter makes it better. So, you know, I I definitely did not hit my protein goals all three days. I probably should have packed some shakes, but I thought, ah, no, I can do it. I do it when I'm in Mexico. Much easier to eat in Mexico. I'm just going to say that. And I'm back on the train, okay? I, I lived. I don't feel guilty about it. I take accountability for my choices. And I'm back on my bariatric diet train. So the thing is, is that I enjoyed myself and I enjoyed my weekend, but I recognize that that was the exception, not the rule. And that's the craziest thing about our journey is you have to really take accountability for owning your journey and owning when you do stall or when you do eat bad or you didn't work out or you didn't get your liquids in. And that's why things like tracking your food is so important because the more you track it, the more you stay on your plan. So with that being said, I thought today we would talk about mastering your body signals because your body does tell you the whole time whether or not you're truly hungry, if it's hormonal hunger, brain hunger, which is a real thing. And so with that being said, let's just get started, right? So hunger. It's well known that hunger is a common complaint after weight loss surgery, And I hear about it all the time. Oh my God, I'm starving. I'm only on like shakes. Like, first of all, three days days after surgery, you're not actually starving because your stomach is so damn swollen. 
it doesn't want to hold anything in. Like you are drinking very, very little. So your, your stomach is not telling you you're hungry. Your brain is telling you you're hungry. Um, but bariatric surgery induces changes in various metabolo- <laughs> metabolic, sorry, it might help if I said it right, metabolic hormones such as, and if I butcher these, I'm sorry, I'm not a, I'm not a doctor, but um, ghrelin, leptin, gastrin, and insulin. So those hormonal changes have a long-term effect on energy ex- ex- um, expenditure and the sense of hunger and and fulfillment. So as a human being, life, survival, those are like you're dependent upon food, right, to live. Um, But a lot of us depend on food to make us happy or to be fulfilled in some way or to show love to other people. So we use it also in a very emotional way which can also affect your energy. So you really have to recognize what's mental and what's physical. And I recommend start listening to your body before you go into surgery because it makes this journey a little bit easier. If you're someone who has a hard time sticking to the diet or the plan, these are things that you can start doing now. So hunger continues to be a fundamental body uh, mechanism after surgery, and it's critically guided by the brain reward system. So ding, 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 that's where that emotional uh, interplay is because there is still plenty of gut-brain interplay controlling your eating behavior, whether you've had the surgery or not, because there's stomach hunger or what we consider physical hunger that involves a complex interaction between the digestive system, endocrine system, and the brain. The brain detects alterations in energy stores and triggers a metabolic and behavioral response designed to maintain energy balance. So this is a big thing for people with sugar addictions because the sugar that you eat like sends a a signal to your brain and it hits the reward center part of your uh, brain. So that is why sugar addicts are told to stop eating sugar well before surgery because that sugar is also telling you to constantly eat. You'll be rewarded. You'll feel better if you eat, and if you eat crap and junk food, you're going to feel even better. That's what your brain's going to tell you. Physically, though, you don't. Physically, you're gaining weight, you have no energy, and your skin might be bad, your hair might be greasy. You're really not getting rewarded, but that sugar, that sugar's telling you, you are. You are, girl. It's like peer pressure, but from food. It's wonderful. So after bariatric surgery, it's really, really crucially important to understand your body, the foods that you do like, the ones that you have control over, and what your triggers are. So going back to that sugar addiction, I can't even talk today, you guys. Um, Going back to that sugar addiction, if sugar is your trigger, you really want to be careful that you don't just end up binging because that's going to make you feel even worse because you're going to binge on a baby stomach that is looking only for nutrients at that point. So it's really important to understand your emotional need for food just as much as your physical need for food. So one of the things I kind of did was I started tracking my food well before my surgery and going through the classes and 
you know, mindful eating is a big part of the journey, just to know, okay, what are my triggers? You know, what what am I using food for? And it made me pay so much more attention. And we like a good Postmates in this household. And we were doing it a lot. And it was really because I was just too physically and emotionally tired to get him a cook. I didn't want to do it. And so that my trigger was really my energy level. But I had to understand all the emotional ties into that. And I ate like crap over the weekend, right? In Georgia. So last weekend over the weekend. Slept as hard as possible yesterday. I slept four hours on the plane. I slept eight hours overnight. So 12 hours of sleep and felt terrible all the live long day today. My body, like my, my, my lower back cramps, which is either uh, my uterus that wants to hang itself or my intestines that probably wanted to maybe hang themselves today. So my body did not respond like I was being rewarded. But at the time, I was like so pleased to be like eating a fried green tomato. But I paid for it because I'm listening to my body. I'm listening to the signals of how that food makes me feel because it's not always instantaneous. It might be the next day. You might have it after feeling for several weeks, depending on your um, your tummy signals. So remember that the pleasure and rewarding feelings from eating affect the ultimate deciding factor of what kind of foods you're going to frequently eat. So I did what I wanted, ate what I wanted, and I'm paying for it. So in my brain, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to go back to that. I accepted it. I, I acknowledge that I did that, but I'm going to go back to eating better because I feel physically better after it. I have way more energy. And I I think even my my attitude shifts when I eat bad. Like my hangry stance is so much more bitchy. That's for damn sure. Um, so you really, really have to look at that because The other reaction, and I've seen it happen a lot, is that someone will drink soda and it makes them feel bad. They'll drink it again. Maybe they feel bad, but not as bad. And they just talk themselves into this. Well, if I keep doing it, that feeling will go away. It won't hurt my stomach anymore. But we're not supposed to drink soda, right? Not only because of the sugar and all the other junk in it, but because it's stretching out your stomach. And if you think of it in the terms of like how we grew up with the D.A.R.E. program and like the idea of a gateway drug, those bad foods are your gateway drug into eating poorly again, which will reverse the entire results of your bariatric surgery. You know, you ate so right, you ate clean and you had all this energy and you were feeling great and you were losing weight. And you let yourself cheat and you survive, so you let yourself cheat a little bit more and then a little bit more and then a little bit more. And guess what? And then your bad habits are back and it's like an exception to eat good and take care of yourself. That becomes the exception and not the rule. So you really, really, really have to pay attention to your body signals. And your body does tell you. So if you're really being honest with yourself, if you're really tracking your food, your exercise, and your mood... You should be able to look back over time on a bad day and think, okay, what did I eat? You know, blah, blah, blah. And really come to an honest decision of whatever it is you feel and why. 
So the stomach may start to ache or rumble and early signs of hunger. Did you know that that is actually digestion? Number one. Um, but then let's, let's say your stomach does start to ache and rumble. All of a sudden, mentally you feel tired because you know your stomach's growling, right? So in response, then you find it harder to concentrate or work. And when you begin eating in response, you really enjoy that food and then you feel better because your bodily need is being met. If you don't feel your body when it needs food, the physical symptoms intensify. So then you get uh, hangry, number one. <laughs> number two, the stomach starts to really hurt. You may find it more difficult to concentrate. You may experience lightheadedness. You may also get irritable, short-tempered, aka I said hangry. In addition, you, some people get shaky, they get nervous, others get a headache, and it's all because you're, you may be feeling ravenous at this point, but you're also then held to uncontrolled eating, right? And nobody wants to feel uh, out of control or ravenous, right? So that's why we start with the classes and the education and take them seriously. I know I, I'm the worst classroom type student and I was lucky because in 2020 everything was virtual and if it's like listening to an audiobook or a podcast I'm so much more likely to pay attention than if I'm in a classroom um, I immediately fall asleep I get tired I get bored I would not have learned as much I just wouldn't have it's not how I uh, learn best um, but I learned that you know while you're eating Stop and take the time to educate yourself on when your stomach feels comfortable and satisfied, but not stuffed. That was a that was a problem for me because I eat really fast, and then I eat some more because I was like, oh, I'm not stuffed yet, and then I'd be like too full and I'd feel sick, and I just kept doing that to myself over and over and over. So the more you start like listening to your body and recognizing when you feel satisfied, you soon to begin to feel calmer. I think I felt more alert. I felt more energized. And it took me about approximately 20 minutes for those fullness signals to transmit from the stomach to my brain, which is why I would eat uh, very slowly. I started counting how long it took me to really chew my food to where it was like fully disintegrated in my mouth, which was usually like 30 to 35 chews. I mean, really pay attention. But if you eat very, very slowly and you really chew your food in about 20 minutes or so, you'll feel full. Now, I actually take up to an hour sometimes to eat because I'll graze my dinner so I can get a full four to six ounce piece of fish in because I don't want to snack all the live long day. I'm not a snacker. But after bariatric surgery, when you're really full, you'll notice like You'll get the hiccups or the burps, and that's because you ate too much. So you really do have to listen, and the more you break down your food and um, really chew your bites and pay attention to swallowing, the less likely that'll happen because you've broke down the majority of, um, it's not the gas really, but for an ease of term, it's really like if you break down your food really well as you chew it, you're not going to have like burps and hiccups and that gassy kind of feeling. However, people who eat really fast have a problem with this. So start eating as slowly as you can the minute you go into this process. That is my 
one of the best pieces of advice I can give you. Um, if you overeat, you're you're just gonna feel bad. You really are, and we all do it at some point because, <laughs> like, the brain really does play tricks on you, on how much you think you can eat versus how much you really physically actually can. And you'll notice that food will taste different. It just will after surgery. There are a couple of reasons why. When you go on a liquid diet for so long, your taste buds aren't getting any sort of treatment. Then when you go into surgery and come out and they put the tube down your throat and esophagus, everything just tastes metallic. So for like, uh, I don't really feel like food began to taste correctly until probably like seven to eight weeks. I, it was past the solid food stage, but it was still like nothing really had flavor for a while. And so the taste will adjust while you're eating, just like your hunger and your thirst will. So you might actually find that something you really liked before, you don't really like that much after surgery. So it only takes a few bites for your taste buds to really kind of adapt to whether or not you do or don't like it. And listen, listen to yourself because the thing I find that tastes the absolute best, and I'm not joking, are like salads full of chalk, chalk full of veggies because it's like so fresh. And if I eat like a cracker and some hummus, it just doesn't feel good anymore. It's, it's not satisfying to me. I'm not getting as much nutrients out of it. Hummus is very calorie dense. So the more I started listening to how I responded to whole foods, the better I felt overall. So when you do things like travel and you eat like crap, that's why you then feel terrible for days afterwards. So paying attention to how much your stomach feels, it's not just about like, you know, your belly button. It's higher behind your rib cage. That's where your stomach is actually located. So for most people, the feeling of fullness is more like pressure or tightening. And when that happens, it could be just at the bottom of your sternum. There might be a little indentation between your belly and your chest. Like mine kind of concaves in just a little. That's where my my stomach actually is. So like a lot of people will hold their belly and their gut and like all of that. That's Your stomach's nowhere even close to that. Um, the pressure in your chest area is a combination of your stomach being swollen after surgery and the tube. Because it really like you're kind of like raw. So, and then on top of that, like, you're pumped full of all this gas. And I'm just going to say it again because I feel like people don't listen. Something like a gas X or gas strips for digestion um, is not going to help you with the surgery post, with the gas post-surgery because it's not the same type of gas. Just saying it. You got to walk it out. Um, some tips I do have to eating better and listening to your body signals. Don't skip meals. Because then it's going to trigger overeating in your next meal. Follow your schedule. Follow your drinking routine. Remember to stop drinking 30 minutes before and after you eat. So you can't drink while eating. Yeah, every once in a while I take a sip because I feel like I have food stuck in my esophagus. But I'm not like downing liquid. Um, so just as a recap, if you drink your fluids while you're eating or right after a meal, your stomach will empty more quickly. And you could also have dumping syndrome. And you can also lose any of those nutrients that you just ate, which leads to snacking and grazing, therefore also affecting your weight loss. Focus on eating solid foods. Can't say it enough. That's another great tip. Eat your whole foods. Uh, please avoid drinking your calories. 
like I did this past weekend. And of course, there are other signs you can look for as well. So um, they're not all related to a physical hunger. So that's the thing you have to look for. Teeth hunger. Sometimes when you're feeling irritated or stressed, you want to chew your frustrations away. And your body's not calling for food, but you attempt to eat because you feel like it relieves anxiety because it's doing something mentally for you. This is why a lot of people chew gum, chew on ice, and other things. You have mouth hunger where you see or smell something that looks delicious, so your mouth starts to water. But if you really, really think about it, that is actually an emotional reaction, not a physical reaction. Mind hunger, I talk about this all the time. You look at the clock and you think, it's it's noon, I have to eat, it's noon. Um, so that's a hard one to get rid of because you have to switch your schedule up. After bariatric surgery, some people eat like every two hours. Other people can do the three meals a day. You really have to stick to whatever the new schedule is. Thirst is another um, physical effect that you might feel. Sometimes the sluggishness of dehydration can be confused for actual hunger, but your body's really just calling for water. It's calling for that type of nourishment. Fatigue is another signal you should watch out for. Uh, when you have low energy levels, you might automatically think that if you eat something, you'll feel better because we've programmed our emotional reaction to be like that. There's also heart hunger and emotional hunger. So when you feel an ache and emptiness in your heart due to unmet emotional needs, a huge thing that we have all done, we've all been there, is that we try to eat our feelings, right? So there might be physical discomfort in our gut when we're upset and, and then it's distinctly a different sensation than stomach hunger. But we're like, oh, you know, think about like a bad breakup or um, I don't know why women are conditioned to want chocolate when we're uh, menstruating. But those are really actual like emotional hungers and not actual physical hunger. So the other thing I can just really, really recommend is... Again, finding that support group. It is so important and so valid, and it just really opens the door for you to talk to someone who's experienced the same thing. So as always, feel free to message me. I'm more than happy to talk to anyone. Um, you can find me at Liz Ra Official on Instagram. LizRaOfficial.com is my website with super cute new summer collection up and going, including 4th of July items and... Vax Girl Summer 21 because Hot Girl Summer is so 2019. All right, guys, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Life with Liz.